Hello and welcome to the Boink Radio Podcast, your favorite podcast on the Boink Network Discord. This is a participatory podcast, meaning anyone is welcome to join the discussion through the voice chat or the text chat. All you need to do is join us every Friday at 4 p.m. EST right here on the Boink Network Discord, and you can get your voice recorded for the internet. And as Delta has already mentioned, anything you do and say can be used against you in the court of law. So don't forget. I'm uh, no police officer. <laughs> Just disclaimer. I am your host, Jay Ringo, joined by the person you've already heard, Delta. So how's your tea this morning? Uh, it's actually not that interesting. I forgot my biscuits and because uh, I woke up woke up late, forgot my biscuits. It's not that interesting. But what was interesting was the sort of weather we had in Australia last night. Last night, uh, around midnight, we had a dust storm come through. And then after that, we had some rain. So I went outside and looked at uh, one of the solar panels I was testing out, and you could see all the water was covered in just like this orange sort of water because of all the dust that came through. What is going on over there? You're having like the world's worst brush fires, and you got rain. That's good. And now it's like Mars? What? I Pretty was much, just going yeah. to say that, that Australia is turning into Mars simulator for the colonization project. And uh, yeah, yes, digital media guy, I was dancing in the rain this morning. It was pretty spectacular. How did you even find that GIF? That is a wonderful GIF. And no, we're not going to get into a conversation about whether it's a GIF or GIF. Don't even try. No one start. (laughs) So this week, we're just going to wing it. Last week was a great introduction, if I do say so myself, about the basics of Boink. Um, Moving forward, we would like to cover some more basic information. So if you are listening to this and you remember being a new user uh, with Boink and you remember all the questions you had, if you could send those questions our way, that would be awesome. We hope to do like an FAQ episode in the very near future uh, to answer some questions that new people have all the time. If you are a new user and you're just getting set up and you have those questions on hand because you're still asking them, also send them our way and we will try our best to answer them or get you to who can answer them. other than that, yeah, let's let's just get going. Roll the intro. Oh, I forgot to roll the intro. Woo! Okay, so we're already getting some questions coming in the chat. Digital media guy, uh, great questions. I'll just save them now. We're gonna save them and answer them with all the questions we get in a future episode. But he's asking, how do most people choose their projects? Are any projects better on Mac than P- or PC? And how can you optimize for your hardware? Great questions. I see those all the time. So we will answer them in a very specific episode, maybe next week. Oh, and also if- next week, aren't you doing the project brief, Celta? Yes, I plan, I'm plan. i planning to do another project brief. And uh, I was going to say, if you have any more questions, just hop on the Discord or hop on one of the Reddit posts or stuff that we put up and just put some questions down and we'll answer them. Awesome. Wait, hold on. Sorry. I jumped into the project briefs when you were going to say that. But tell me about the project briefs for a minute. Yeah, so it's a little segment that I like to do, no longer than 30 minutes, where I just talk about a Boink project, what it does, how it works, what's interesting about it, what results they've had, how does it help a real problem. And uh, yeah, I just take questions from the audience if anyone has any questions and just explain the Boink project. And hopefully it'll help people to make a better choice on what project they have or get them just more interested generally in Boink and volunteer computing. Awesome, yeah, because that also, uh, we had a user on Discord 
ask a question that is also very common. Um, what is the point of all these math projects? <laughs> and uh, it wasn't as blunt as that, but that's essentially the root of the question. It's very easy to understand the benefits of all this protein folding and looking out in, into the cosmos and seeing what's out there. But it's not as easy to grasp like the, the, the cool factor of like finding prime numbers uh, or playing around with Latin squares or whatever. So uh, the project briefs also uh, approach those questions for each project. Hey, I wouldn't mind a mug with a big prime number on it. I could have my tea in that. <laughs> right. We already talked about the shirts that are just made out of thread that's sewn in the shape of a prime number. Oh, there's so many great. But beyond just cool, cool gadgets. <laughs> uh, there was also another suggestion on Discord I saw. Um, it was for a show. What was it? I completely forgot. Oh, the person wanted to know what the... Uh, wanted us to approach the uh, power consumption aspect of Boink and like how much power are you drawing and like what's the, the, the actual effect on, on carbon footprints and stuff like that with different hardware. And that is a very interesting show topic that we're going to have to research before we get to. So I think we'll get to it in the future. Definitely. But yeah, if anyone knows any good resources to start uh, to get me and Delta going there, please reach out. Uh, and then Delta, you have a really cool video I think you want to share. But before we get there, I have a couple, I have one news item and two quick corrections from the last episode. All right, first quick news thing. The Boink Workshop has been announced and there's going to be more details coming in the future and uh, emails coming out and everything. It's going to be in Marburg, Germany. It's host, hosted by the Reichenkraft. Uh, are they a team? I think it's a team. And it's uh, September 7th, the week of September 7th, this coming year, 2020. So book your tickets, get your, your your suitcases ready, fill up your water bottle for the long flight. Bring your koala plushie. You have a koala plushie? Unfortunately, I don't. <laughs> oh, why well, you got to get my hopes up like that. <laughs> yeah, so uh, keep an ear to the ground for emails and more information about what exactly is going on with the workshop. But again, Marburg, Germany, the week of September 7th, uh, going to be a lot of fun. And that is it for that news item. And then two corrections. So last week I mentioned, this isn't so much a uh, correction, but I mentioned the Boink logo and I found out who made it. It was made by this gentleman named Jacob Klein. So shout out to him for making that Boink logo that is so beautiful with its yellows and its blues and its circles and its lines. What a great logo. I enjoy it. I couldn't imagine anything else. <laughs> and seriously, uh, it is a pretty good logo. It's pretty solid. It's uh, is perfect for like uh, little icons for uploading these videos and for uh, uh, avatar stuff. Pretty fun. Uh, mm. And I will put resources to the Boink image page that has a bunch of logos. That logo in particular, and then there's another one that has the word Boink next to it, and then there's a bunch of uh, different logos submitted by a lot of different people um, over over the years. I think so. Definitely check that out if you're looking to uh, talk about Boink with some friends or put some stuff on t-shirts and whatever. Uh, that'll be in the description. And then a this is actually a correction. So last week I mentioned that uh, Boink is the 21, 20, like between 20 and 25th most powerful supercomputer in the world. I was way off. Do you think it's more powerful or less powerful? Anyone got an opinion there? Mm, I'm going to take the more positive approach. I think it's more powerful. It's so much more powerful. <laughs> uh, that was a rank of a different community that I'm part of. The Boink network itself 
is between like it, this is 2018. In 2018, it was the third most powerful supercomputer by flops in the world. That was 2018. Flip flops so probably changed by flip flops. <laughs> How many flip flops can be computed? No more than two. How many feet do you have? Come on. <laughs> well, in Australia, because you got the sun and the solar radiation, you can get up to ten. I think. <laughs> That is madness. Nah, but um, for those of you who don't know what FLOPs are, it stands for floating point operations. And it's just basically simply an addition or subtraction, multiplication or division using decimal numbers. So per second. Yes. Per, second. Yeah, per second. And it's a rough measurement of computing power. Uh, so uh, Boink in 2018, when this, this data is coming from, was running at 21 paid flops, uh, was hosting that much computing power out across this network, split across all his projects, which are 30 some odd projects. And that made it the third most powerful supercomputer in the world. At this point in time, I don't know how many flops Boink is hosting, but I know that there are there have been more supercomputers to, that have been released. So it's probably down to like five, but uh, still top 10 supercomputings in the first half of the top 10 supercomputers. That is... So much faster than what I said last week. So apologies to everyone who heard that and said, wow, this guy is so wrong. Ten flip I'm going to, to look at Boeing stats. And maybe the current uh, flops is written there. I don't know. But I would like to point out the uh, global gigaflops or whatever uh, is extrapolated from credits, from uh, credits per day. So Actually, I think we should have an episode on credits and explain what they are. Uh, I'll add it to the list. Yes, kind of. In short, credits are derived f uh, from the flops, but it's not precise. And then for this, uh, for these statistics, the uh, credits are turned back into the f into flops units. So some error could be introduced. And just to Definitely. be clear, the the credits come from completing tasks on Boink, and the credits are not any sort of monetary unit of any sort, so you can't use them to buy anything. They just simply are a representation of how much you've done. Absolutely. We will cover credits in a future episode, because that's a whole gamification aspect that's really fun about Boink. Uh, Delta, you mentioned it a little bit last week, having to do with, like, you can make a team, you can compete with your friends, uh, and just random strangers around the internet. <laughs> and, yep. And then, you know, you all go to this Boink workshop in Marburg, Germany on September 7th and get to show off your badges. Because you print should them we, off, of course. Should we make a Boink radio team? <laughs> oh, man, we should. One day. Oh, yeah, that's a great idea. I was just... Oof. Show's canceled, guys. We got to go make this team. <laughs> We're using Craig's computing power to compute all our research. <laughs> Those who don't know, Craig is the recording bot. We used to disco. I bet you he's got some power behind him. Oh, man. Uh, so, yeah, to finish up that thought really quick. Actually, I think that's everything. It's like... Top five supercomputers in the world, definitely in the top 10 by a very rough measurement based on some weird calculations that uh, Thomas was just telling you about. Uh, but it is definitely faster than what I said last week. So awesome. All right, Delta, sh can you share the link in the chat here? Oh, actually, we've got some chat going. So before you <laughs> Lantha, uh, that's a very adorable plushie. Is that a donkey or a, a rabbit? What is going on? Koalas are better. The tort Totoro, Totoro. Someone correct me. I don't know enough. Okay, <laughs> I will search online. Okay, uh, Delta. Yeah, tell us about this video coming out of CERN. 
Yeah, so uh, CERN has uh, released their highlights from 2019, and uh, I think as you said, as you said it um, after I showed you the video, it was heart thumping, <laughs> and it is it's a really spectacular music. video. Yeah, and uh, they show off a little bit of what they've done in 2019 and what they're getting ready to do. So uh, just a quick summary of the video. Serbia and Croatia are now members and associates, respectively, of the CERN Foundation. CERN has released a Big Bang AR app, so it's an educational app, I assume. Uh, they are also testing the new. They are testing new properties of the Higgs boson with their upgraded 13 tera electron volt um, super collider. That's the really big one. The new the the super collider uh, has much better sensors, and they also have new muon detectors in there. For those of you that don't know, muons are the bigger form of electrons, but we barely see them oh. down on Earth because they're so I unstable. It was food. It sounds delicious. <laughs> it does. It's, if you think about a quark soup, which is an actual physical term, it is pretty delicious. That was so uh, dirty. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, here's the one that you're gonna like. All right, they they have a smaller collider called Alice, and it's used to measure bottomomium particles. Oh man, we should get Alice and Craig together. <laughs> uh, but these bottomomium particles are used to investigate more into the early um, origins of the Big Bang. They also have another um, smaller ring, as they call them, uh, colliders, that uh, are using antimatter to make more discoveries about dark matter. And so they're upscaling their antimatter production because antimatter in super colliding and particle physics is actually pretty important. You use it to make a whole lot of stuff. So the, just a quick explanation. The way, a, the way a super collider works is they get particles spinning around super, super fast, and then they get another particle going the opposite way super super fast and then eventually they align the two beams and they get them to hit each other bang on pretty much and they don't just have a proton hitting a proton they usually have a proton hitting an anti-proton because that's how you get the most energy coming out of that reaction and all that energy turns into new particles spraying all over the all over the detectors and stuff like that and that's what we collect in data and that's what lhc at home uh processes in terms of their data and all the simulations that they do awesome doesn't uh lhc do the doesn't the six track program do uh like fine-tuning the the you've told me about it once i don't yeah remember. yeah um okay. they, they do they do a variety of things so not only do they run simulations on the actual collisions they also run simulations on the alignment of the detectors and uh sorry not the alignment of the detectors the alignment of the beams because when you have a beam running through that quickly at as i said 13 tera electron volts it's pretty powerful. If that beam hits the side of the wall, it can cause some really serious damage. So when you crunch LHC at home, you're actually configuring the alignment of the beams and predicting where the beams might drift to if certain conditions are met. And so essentially, if that happens, scientists can correct for it automatically and ensure that the beams don't hit the edge. That sounds fairly critical for a giant tube shooting lasers uh, very close. Not, not just a tube giant tube shooting laser a giant expensive tube shooting laser <laughs> under built under villages and towns across what two or three nations yeah, yeah. who may or may not get sucked in by a black hole oh <laughs> <laughs> hey if lhc produces a black hole we'll all pretty much forget about it because we'd all just get sucked in yeah, yeah there is a page some... about this there's that a whole page it. on it 
Yeah, it tells you whether the LHC already produced a black hole. <laughs> I'm going to guess no. <laughs> That's really funny. What? I don't think we should. Yes. I could delve into the physics of it, but I don't think we, we should. I think we should probably Let's move start. on to something else. Yeah. I just like the website that tells you if there's been a black hole created. And if there is, the website doesn't exist anymore. So it's <laughs> <laughs> great. Wait, do we get a 404 or is it just we can't have the internet? Uh, reality 404s. Wait, wait no, no, no. They, they have their own code. <laughs> I don't know, 600 and something maybe. Oh, man. Okay. Um, is, is that uh, it for your summary of the video? Yep, that's that's it. All right. Yeah, and I'll, uh, the link will be in the description below. Uh, it is uh, a heart-thumping video. There's great music behind it, and they edited it very well. So check it out. I think, if I remember, they also talk about, uh, what's it called, like CERN days or something, where they let everyone into uh, the uh, collider. That, that was mentioned in the video. I think they had um, a record number of tourists come in at one point. I think they mentioned 75,000 tourists in two days in the video. That's nuts. They do that every, uh, I think it's four years they open it up. Uh, and it's great for getting people in there. And uh, one day, one day we'll be there. And we'll, <laughs> we'll live stream a Boink Radio from LHC. <laughs> exactly. That, that would be awesome. Uh, all right. Well, sort of in the same vein, actually. So uh, CERN is this giant supercomputer. Um, wow. I'm sorry. CERN is this giant particle collider. And uh, they run a project, LHC at home, on Boink. And I have a little present for you, Delta, here, having to do with you talking about those black holes the other episode. So bear with us as we take a listen. So those were not the sounds of aliens. Well, maybe uh, those were the so that was the sound of two black holes colliding, played on repeat and pitch shifted a couple times. So uh, that's pretty nuts. That is yep. that came out in 2016, and that opened up an entirely new field of physics. I guess another a new way to look at the universe. You know, usually we look at stuff through light waves, and now we can look at it through gravitational waves because that's what those were. That was Gravity moving through space time and like making stuff wiggle ripples and they recorded it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> and um, I guess just, ripples a better word. Yeah. So for those who uh, were listening to it and were confused and they just thought they heard white noise, if you listen more closely to it, you'll hear little like water drops. It sounds like water drops because it is pitch shifted, so it doesn't sound it in its original form. But essentially, it just sounds like water drops if you listen more closely. And uh, fun fact, those um, those gravitational waves when they hit the Earth would probably have only shifted all of us and all our atoms and all the atoms on the Earth by about, I think, one one-hundredth of, uh, one of a proton back and forth. Yeah, and we I were able it. to I detect that. I knew I felt something. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's 2016, and that's coming out of LIGO, uh, which stands for, I don't want to get this wrong. Laser Interferometry Gravitational Wave Observatory. Well done. So that is uh, same sort of realm of physics as uh, CERN. Really, really small stuff. And a great tongue happening. twister. <laughs> 
appreciate you saying it. And like CERN, CERN has LHC. LIGO has Einstein at home on Boink. So last episode, you know, we kind of talked Boink up like, oh, man, it runs all these distributed computing projects. All these institutions use it. We weren't lying. <laughs> Uh, Einstein at Home is a project supported by the American Physical Society, uh, the U.S. National Science Foundation, and the Max Planck Society. Uh, and it basically uh, is looking for gravitational waves coming out of neutron stars. So what we just listened to was the gravitational wave formed when two black holes collide. Uh, neutron stars are, um, or pulsars, spinning neutron stars are called pulsars. Um, Shouldn't I be explaining this? I mean, you can if you want. I'm almost done. All right. I'm I'm not biased. Einstein at Home was my first project, and it is my favorite. It was. So. Oh no! Then you explain it. Go go go. <laughs> so yeah, um, Einstein at Home is a project, as you said, that um, aims to find pulsars and also gravitational waves. And uh, they have three detectors around the world. Uh, for for those of you in America, um, they one of the detectors in what is in Washington on the west coast. Then there's one down, I think, just a little bit south of Texas or in the south of Texas. And then there's also one in Italy. And all those detectors line up and allow you to allow us to triangulate positions of pulsars and uh, essentially also triangulate positions of gravitational waves. Fun fact, each detector has two arms. Each arm is about three kilometers long. And the arms are so long that they have to correct for the curvature of the Earth in their measurements. Um, and uh, essentially what a pulsar is, is um, essentially it happens after a star, a star goes supernova. All of its matter in the star gets super compressed, but it doesn't get so compressed that it turns into a black hole. It turns into a big mesh of neutrons and super compact neutrons. And essentially that super compact little ball of neutrons is not only is it super dense, but it could also be spinning. And if it's spinning, it'll produce radio waves out of its two poles. And essentially, what pulsars are for us, if we're an interstellar race traveling around the solar system, pulsars are a way to navigate. They're essentially little lighthouses of the of the um, of the universe. And essentially, they could be a future way that us as an interstellar race could use and um, create navigation within essentially the universe what you're telling me you're not going to be able to use a sundial out there oh yeah definitely not <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh yes uh, an example of how they're actually used now as navigation is um on i think it was the golden disc that was on was it voyager i think it was uh one of the satellites that was sent out of the solar system it was carrying a little golden disc that had little lines coming out of it. And uh, if you look closely at those lines, they actually represent pulsars and their periods and how fast they, essentially the period is how fast they spin. Nice. And uh, Einstein at home has discovered about 50 new neutron stars. So it is doing some work, crunching out those neutron stars. <laughs> uh, and it is very neat to have. Uh, it's a very easy project to sign up for. Their website is very straightforward. Uh, and they were also at the Boink workshop last year, uh, and so thank you for thank you to them for helping put the Boink community together uh, beyond just their own projects. Uh, you can check them out at EinsteinAtHome.org. The at there, well, you think it might be an at symbol? It's the word at website. So yeah, because I don't know if there's a site called Home.org. 
<laughs> I'm going there. Right? I'm not going there. That's dangerous. All right. Um. Yeah. So that's all I got for Einstein at home. Uh. You got anything else you want to talk about? Uh. Not that I have planned. <laughs> oh, we've got this Reddit thread. Uh. In the spirit of the coming FAQ question or FAQ episode, there was this great thread. Um. Or a wiki started on the Reddit which was inspired by someone asking on the Reddit, hey, is Boink going to destroy my computer? And that is such a great question <laughs> that uh, user Espoyete, too, I love that name, <laughs> put together a little wiki saying, no, here's why. So we're going to put this link in the description below, uh, and we're also going to share it here in the chat. So basically, and Delta, you say this all the time, uh, computers are like the hardware is tested to run all the time. They're meant to run. So yep. as long as you have good heating and good ventilation in your computer, you're going to be fine. Not, not heating, most... cooling, cooling. <laughs> no, there's no heating. such thing as cooling, only transfer of heat. Uh, <laughs> as long as you can have good ventilation and yes, cooling in your computer, uh, you're going to be fine. So most desktop computers are fine. You can run them as much as you want. It's generally recommended that you uh, stick to 80 or 90% of your CPU power, GPU power, or, yeah, power, uh, because, yeah, no, better safe than sorry. And, uh, and, and also, also just to save some computing resources for yourself if you also want to use a computer. True, because Boink is designed to use idle processing power or idle processing potential, but it can also be used when you're using the computer. So if you're doing like word processing, uh, you can set up a setting in the Boink uh, manager that says, if my computer's in use, and basically just detects when you're moving your mouse or you're typing in your keyboard. Uh, so if my computer is use in use, then only run at 50% processing. If it's not in use, run at 90% or 100% processing. So Boink has a lot of uh, internals that you can play around with to get, uh, get it to run exactly as you want to. And before we continue, just to be clear, this is... All the, this information about, no, it's not going to destroy your computer. There are some pretty critical assumptions here. So the assumptions are that you haven't overclocked or overvolted your CPU. You haven't disabled the built-in thermal protections in your BIOS and that you have good airflow. So if all those things check, 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 then you're fine with your uh, desktop. Laptops also, are a little bit of a different story. but Don't forget the checkbox that your computer should not be in 42 degree heat. <laughs> <laughs> Don't in live Australia. in Australia. <laughs> yeah. We and turn all of our crunching rigs off in, in summer, pretty much. If you're uh, in the Northern Hemisphere during winter, or I don't know why you have to be in the Northern Hemisphere, if it's winter, <laughs> in, uh, then you just turn everything up as high as you can go, and you turn your heat off. You turn off your furnace, and now you're crunching for science and heating your house. It's great. Um, uh, there are. Uh, I have been seeing a couple users in various um, communities who are making legitimate, just pure heaters as computers that just crunch boink. It's pretty spectacular. And I know personally in winter, it gets as cold as 10 degrees here. And I switch on my computer full blast and boink to warm up my little, uh, my little room in here because it gets very hot in here very quickly. And it's nice in winter, but not so great in summer. What, 10 degrees Celsius is like 105 Fahrenheit, right? At 10 degrees Celsius, <laughs> I'll be wearing long pants, long shirt, jacket, and a hoodie. Okay, okay. <laughs> uh, what else? I had something there. I forgot it. But So that is with desktops. You're going to be fine. You're not going to destroy your computer. Uh, 
we'll go to phones next because phones are fairly easy. With phones, uh, you're good to go. Just be careful uh, because if you put it on to run at full power, you run the risk of um, damaging your battery because it's just your phone does not have good ventilation. Your phone's going to get really hot. So keep an eye on it and see how your phone behaves when it is running. Uh, and if possible, you know, remove the battery and plug it into the wall. So it's just running off a wall outlet uh, and then you'll be fine. So the only thing to worry about with your phone is the battery. And uh, that sort of ties in with how laptops behave with Boink as well. Uh, laptops are generally safe, but again, you have to have good ventilation and it's hard to guarantee, like with a desktop computer, you can clean your fans, you can blow some air in there with canned air and just put it in a nice and open spot. <laughs> so, so you're saying we should buy canned air just to like push it into our computer and cool it? <laughs> <laughs> no. Also a good yes. idea to remove battery from a laptop or notebook when, when using it to crunch. We're not using it. Oh. We're not using it to what, Thomas? When using it for Boeing to crunch. Yes. So the theme here is that batteries are the bottleneck when it comes to crunching on anything with a battery in it. Phones and laptops. Uh, and I don't know, whatever comes out with a battery in the future. I did want to mention that um, if you, uh, I would never personally run Boink on a laptop or phone without it having plugged, it, uh, having been plugged in. Because what happens is, it's, uh, one reason why you might get degraded battery performance is because you're draining and recharging your battery so often. So if you plug your phone or laptop into a charger before you start Boink, then it'll draw most of the power from the actual outlet rather than the battery. And so that, that that's one good way to keep your um, battery um, more efficient. But uh, also, on uh, actually on laptop and phone, the Boink, client, the Boink manager actually has an option which, allow, which automatically stops it if the battery gets too hot or if your computer or phone is on a battery. Noted. I don't really use battery devices, so I had no idea that was a feature. Very useful feature. Uh, last thing I wanted to say about laptops uh, in terms of running Boink on them and keeping them cool. The, so the bottleneck is the battery, and the bottleneck with the battery is the temperature. And with laptops, the way to keep them cool is A, like keep them clean uh, and make sure, you know, take your canned air that you're blowing in your computer and when you're cooling off your computer by blowing <laughs> canned air on it, also clean out the fans on your laptop. Uh, and also put it on a hard, flat surface with nothing underneath it so that the airflow can really go through and there's no um, just excess buildup of heat. Uh, if you're safe with laptops, if you treat your laptop well and keep it on a hard surface, you can run Boink on it 24-7. You can definitely run Boink on any laptop if you remove the battery when you're running Boink on it. Um, also, uh, usually there are products on the market that um, are sort of like cooling pads for laptops. And essentially what they are, they're just like a little mat or a little, um, I don't know, a little plastic box sort of thing with a couple fans in it. And usually that helps to boost ventilation. As for phones, I usually like to put, if I'm crunching Boink on phones, I like to put them on a metal desk of some sort because usually the metal dissipates the heat a lot more quickly than a wooden or a plastic desk. How many metal desks do you have? I only have one, which is just essentially a filing cabinet. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> oh, and actually, you know what? Laptops, uh, Lanta, we'll get to you in a second. Laptops, uh, I know work for Boink because um, I have a friend who works for who worked for a very large company who would pre-install Boink on their uh, business laptops that they gave to their employees. And so 
this person would go around and like go to hotels and whatever with their laptop and Boink would always be running in the background. It was probably running at like 50 or 60%, which is always something you can do on a laptop is just, you know, decrease the amount that it's using. Uh, so they do work and it, some big companies do use the like software as bloatware. <laughs> so, something to keep in mind. Yeah. So um, essentially what Lanther is asking is, what uh, what percentage of Boink users only use their desktop with um, a CPU and a GPU for crunching? And essentially, how you can think of this is how essentially Boink structures it, is that you are a user and you have many computers. And all those computers are also called hosts. And so essentially what Lanther is asking is how many users only have one host? And um that's a little bit hard to figure out because you need to go to every single different Boink project and gather the data yourself. But I think um, there'd probably be a good deal of people who only have one host. But uh, I don't know if it's common, though, um, because there are lots of people who think, oh, if I can get Boink on my computer, I can also get it on my phone, and then they'll try it out on their phone. And then, yeah, so uh, at the moment, there's uh, I don't have any aggregated data to actually confirm or deny that, but um, there's just a little bit of an explanation of how it all works. Yeah, and uh, anecdotally, I know plenty of people who have gotten addicted to boink for lack of a better term and they <laughs> buy hardware specifically to crunch projects uh i am friends with someone who has an insane number of credits uh he's actually been on the show before uh it, it's he has been buying boink hardware for for years many years uh and then another way to think about it so you have the people delta was talking about right there just like casual boink users who are like oh here's this really cool thing i can use my gaming pc for uh when i'm not using using the full hardware is something I can use my work laptop uh, for. I can throw that processing at a Boink project. And then you have institution-level stuff where it's like, all right, I'm a high school with a computer lab. I'm a college with a computer lab. When the And no one's using the computers, we can throw it at Boink, get some pretty cool science work done. And then uh, I imagine in the not-too-distant future, a couple of years down the road, you're going to start seeing, or hopefully we'll start seeing, um, like uh, server farms throwing their processing at uh, Boink or other distributed computing projects just when they have spare computing. Because again, the hardware is built to run 100% all the time. So why wouldn't they do that uh, if there is reason enough for them to do so? They already have the cooling infrastructure in place. So all they need is really the reason to do that. And a lot of people will do that. And a lot of institutions and companies will do it for uh similar to why IBM does uh, World Community Grid, which is corporate responsibility. So they do it for the goodwill. And also probably because the people in charge are like, this is really cool. <laughs> I'm going to throw this processing I have access to at Boink. That is saying that, though, I want to be very clear here. If you work at one of these places uh, and you that thought crosses your mind, make sure you get permission before you throw any processing at a Boink project. Do not get in trouble. But yeah, that's a potential too. So I think there are several different classes of people who contribute processing power to Boink, from the individual to the enthusiast to the uh, to the company to the institution. Uh, so a wide wide network we've got here. We do not want to be liable, <laughs> and I don't want anyone to get fired either. Come on. <laughs> don't get fired. From I, if you're working in one of those places, you probably have a pretty sick job. So uh, yeah, you really don't want to get fired. Very true. Very true. Okay. Um, Great question, though. Uh, some people have some crazy setups. 
I remember seeing a post where someone, I don't know, I hope they built this thing, but they drew up like like a stick figure drawing of them building a boink rig and then using it to heat a fish tank. Heat a fish tank. Um, that's a great idea. <laughs> I think there was some discussion going around whether you can make like a computer or something and connect like the heat sink to like a metal plate and then cook stuff on it. <laughs> oh, great idea. Great idea. But I think if you've, I don't, I don't know if you've, if you've watched, I think uh, Linus Tech Tips or anything. I think they, I remember them doing like a test or something, and you really can't get enough heat out of it to actually cook anything safely. I have seen that one. He cooks an egg. He tries to cook an egg. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good one. Oh. Uh, one, one idea I have had is um, getting a Raspberry Pi and then making like a custom heat sink or something as like a hand warmer because in winter, in my ten degree Celsius winter. Um, it gets my hands get really cold, and a desktop hand warmer would be lovely. So when I'm not using the mouse or anything, I just put my hand over my little Raspberry Pi running Einstein at home, and then and my hand will get warmer. Uh, I'm searching for what 10 degrees Celsius is. It's 50 degrees Fahrenheit. What the heck? Yeah. <laughs> it's so warm. Hey, uh. I, I, I get really cold in winter. I don't know what, what's with it, but I get really cold. Fair enough. Uh, all right. Uh, we got like 10, 15 minutes left. Anyone else have any other questions or thoughts or uh, ideas or want me and Delta to try to flail around while explaining something? I want a project to make the best tea. Like different combination of herbs and spices to make the best tea? Or, or, or biologically engineering the best tea. Ooh, I like it. I like it. I'd sign up. Rosetta tea at home i don't think you can use the name of a project that already damn <laughs> digital media guy um has just posted a question uh, is there a downside to having too many projects on one machine is it efficient to cycle through a bunch of them uh well there's no downside really to having many projects on one machine um because essentially there's a setting within boink that that automatically switches between projects so if you have let's say einstein at home rosetta at home and seti at home on the one machine it might be running Rosetta at home for, I don't know, two hours maybe, and then it'll automatically switch to SETI at home, and then it'll get some tasks for SETI at home. And then in two hours, it'll switch over to Einstein at home and get some tasks for Einstein at home. I think the only issue that you'll have with having too many projects, maybe let's say you have 20 projects or something like that, is if the expiry date for the project, uh, sorry, for the task... No, that's not the issue in my opinion. Oh, I was going to say, um, it's not the expiry date, it's the, it's the due date of the of the work unit. Yeah, but so, Boeing um, is pretty smart to not download a task that is not able to crunch. It even predicts, well, not, not predicts, but it uses uh, statistics of how long you usually have your computer on in a week to compute how much okay. uh, uh, work you need, it should download. And, well, if, it, uh, if you can't uh, finish the work units, then... Of course, they will be aborted, but uh, the number of projects does not uh, impact this. Yeah. So oh, um... there is a field in buying configuration, like in the GUI, uh, switch tasks every uh, 60 minutes, and you can increase this number if you want to. Yep, that's exactly what I was talking about. And so the only the only issue that I said I, I would have seen is if maybe you might go over the due date for one of the tasks um, by 
just flicking through so many different projects. But as Thomas said, um, the Boink manager is pretty smart in, in itself in switching through the projects at, at particular times and understanding when due dates are, uh, are, are going to expire and how long your computer is usually on for. And so the Boink, the Boink manager is pretty malleable and you'll probably, you'll, you'll definitely get um, what you want out of it after you've been crunching for a little while. That's a great way to put it, digital media guy. So Boink can prioritize for you. You just choose what science you want to do. Sign up for the project. Boink will do the work for you. Um, to add to what Delta was saying in terms of like, are these too many projects? I think uh, another aspect is going to be the, the gamification, like the credits uh, that are involved. So for example, uh, someone who was on the show a couple of weeks ago, Flashfire, who also is sponsoring a, um, a giveaway of Prima Project Prima Boinka invite codes. So definitely reach out if you guys want an invite code. All you need to do is follow us on Twitter and join the Discord. Our Twitter will be at the end of the show. Um, but yeah, he, I think, is trying to get every badge out there. So <laughs> that is uh, that is a task. There are lots of badges out there. And we'll be talking about those in a future episode for sure. Um, there are um, people who love to collect projects, and he's one of them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Excellent meme. Uh, yeah, and great question. So we're reaching the end of the show here. So more questions please send them our way you can reach us on the boink reddit you can uh, just respond to one of the threads that i post up there you can come into the discord the invite link will be in the description below and just ask questions and we'll compile them as best we can you can join us live for the show and ask them in the chat as people are doing right now uh you can uh what else can you do you can tweet at me or delta uh my twitter is at the j ringo delta what's your twitter uh, I think it's one five one two Delta. No, it's the other way. It's how do you not know your own handle? It's I don't know. Delta. I have another account which is which is the number first. It's so confusing. Uh, okay, well you could tweet Delta at Delta underscore one five one two. Yeah, there you uh, go. You can tweet the show directly or uh, the network directly. This community directly at Boink Network. That is the Twitter you have to follow, and then join this Discord, and then say hey. Give me your Prima Boinka code, and we'll give you a Prima Boinka code as long as there's some that are left. Uh, you can also listen to this show on at the website boink.network. You can listen on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, which is also iTunes. You can listen on Stitcher. And, of course, you can listen on this awesome uh, decentralized content hosting platform called Library, L-B-R-Y. You can catch them at lbry.tv. Uh, it's a great platform that is sort of uh, an alternative to YouTube. There's lots of different media up there. They do videos, images, and uh, other content as well in the future. Uh, do check them out. And we are also sponsored by this community called library.science, which is very loosely connected to the library community. <laughs> so thank you to library.science for helping out with the show. So to close off, here's a quick shout out of the projects we mentioned on today's show. There was LHC at Home coming out of the CERN project that works on physical science, working at physics, uh, and CERN is the European Organization for Nuclear Research. I'm sure a lot of people listening already know what CERN is. If you don't, give them a Google or go to LHC at Home's website, which is lhcathome.cern.ch. And again, the at there as the letters A-T. So check them out, give them a sign up, learn a little bit about particle physics, 
crunch some particle physics science. Uh, and the other project we mentioned tonight was Einstein at Home, which is also running physical science. It's more specifically astrophysics run out of the University of Wisconsin in Milwaukee, supported by the Max Planck Institute for Gravitational Physics and funded by NSF, along with the American Physical Society. So check them out at EinsteinAtHome.org. Give them a crunch. Find some pulsars. Uh, get your name attached to a pulsar if you find it. How cool would that be? <laughs> Come on. That's, that's so yeah, much better a, than buying a, a star name. They have a, they have a full page of all the papers of all the pulsars, and each page always has a name from Boink. You're kidding. Where's that page? Put that. It, it's text. somewhere on there. You'll have to go and figure it out. <laughs> I'll have to find it. <laughs> if I find it, I'm going to throw that in the description below because that sounds like a really fun page. Uh, and I think we also mentioned World Community Grid today, and we all, we mentioned them last week, so I'm going to give them a shout-out too. So World Community Grid's website is worldcommunitygrid.org. Check them out. They run a lot of sub-projects. They are what we call an umbrella project. So with World Community Grid, you can crunch uh, a lot of stuff. Protein folding, uh, you can do some climate prediction. Uh, I think there's a Smash Childhood Cancer project still running. They're the one that just did the uh, just completed the Zika project, and we'll have papers coming out with a potential vaccine for Zika, which is pretty cool. They have over 35, 35 peer-reviewed papers already published. They've been going since 2004, uh, and they definitely helped develop the Point software and keep the community going. Uh, and I didn't say it yet. They are supported by IBM as the uh, corporate citizenship or social responsibility program, whatever term you want to use for it. It's a cool thing they do. So shout out to them as well. Uh, thank you, SciSci, for posting the link here for the Einstein at home discoveries. Uh, we will get that in the description below. And thank you for everyone uh, who's been joining us in the text chat as well. It's been really fun watching the memes and the, the random comments scroll by. Otherwise, we will see you next week. That is going to be the 17th of January, and we'll be doing some FAQ maybe, uh, maybe talking a little more about some different Boink projects. If you want us to talk about something specific, do join this Discord and reach out to either me or Delta, and we will definitely fit it in either next week or into a future episode. So thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next Friday at 4 p.m. EST. Anyone got closing thoughts before the awesome outro music? Can I say roll the outro? Say roll the outro. Roll the outro. Roll the outro.